0: Okay, okay.
1: I like this midweek movie theme right here. The hurricane was our movie of the day. And my man Patrick is digging in the crates because it is our man Denzel Washington's birthday. So he's over there. That's Nas, right?
0: Uh, I believe this is Black Star, Common, Most Deaf, and then a couple others. Man. Nas might be in there. I was
1: going to say, because I kind of sounded like, a little bit like Nas. I can't believe that. Um, but yeah. I love that. I love Hurricane, man. You got me motivated. I might watch that tonight. There you go. Yeah, that might be what I do tonight. Uh, right now, I want to talk a little bit about this Texas football game. And speaking of the Texas football game, we will be having our Alamo Bowl watch party tomorrow at Lavaca Street, Rock Rose on the Domain North Northside. Uh, myself, Patrick, and Rob Babers will be hosting it. Our man, E Hogan, will be joining us from San Antonio as he will be getting ready to go. Down there in San Antonio, he's gonna be our boots on the ground out there, but y'all can come and hang out with us. We're gonna do an hour of ball, don't lie over there, and then we're gonna jump right into our our pregame We got a lot to talk about because the University of Washington, being back here and Coach Sark was coached in that game a few years back, and Robert Griffin the third. Lit them up, and and, our, and Coach talked about that today, and he's like, "Why'd you have to bring that up?" Why would y'all have to talk about
0: what the well, well, last time? What I love was that they asked him about it, and he's like, that's not a good sign if that happens. <laughs> and they talked to the defense about it, and they're like, yeah, that ain't going to happen. They talked to the offense. They're like, yeah, we'd love that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Got to put up them points, right? But we'll be talking about that, and we're going to also have squares, so make sure you come out there and register with uh, Christina and Macy. We'll be roaming around and making sure everybody's good. And, Patrick, tonight – We also have women's
0: basketball that is going to jump off here in just a little bit, 7 o'clock. Yes, 645 pregame over on 105.3 The Bat. Texas Women's basketball will be taking on Texas A&M Commerce. Playing both sides, men's (laughs) and women's. Yeah, that's something that uh, when
1: Texas A&M Commerce, my son played basketball at Tarleton State, and they were all in the Lone Star Conference. So they would always have those types of games. The girls would play first and then – the, the men would play right after that. So it, it was always a battle. That's why. And one of my son's teammates, Coleman First, was the assistant coach, assistant head coach last night for uh, Texas AM and Commerce, a kid that played basketball here at Akins High School, Alonzo Moore. He was on that staff as well. So a lot of flavor that was there last night. And speaking of last night with a lot of flavor, Marcus Carr had a lot of flavor going crazy during the game and putting up huge, huge numbers. And I wanted to ask you this question, Patrick, because you were there at the game for him to hit 10, three pointers, go for 41 points. We had Chris Clack on earlier with us on the hard knocks life, talking about uh, what he saw last night, what he saw when Reggie Freeman was the last Texas longhorn player in 1996 to go for 43 and Marcus Carr was feeling it, and he was somebody that I've been very critical of. Not too bad, but just looking for him to do a little bit more and not being so ball dominant. But last night, he wasn't being ball dominant, but every player on the team was finding him because he did have that hot hand.
0: Yeah, I mean, when you're shooting like that, it doesn't take a – Rocket scientists to figure <laughs> out. Hey man, get this guy the ball because I mean he even had a h- couple heat checks that he hit. Yes, he did. I had one in the corner. He had one. I mean, one deep, almost like Steph Curry range. Yeah, yeah. And so when you see him hitting those, you're just like, yeah, just get him the ball. But this offense was set up in that way of they were collapsing a lot when guys were going to the paint, and so they they were getting three point shooters open, and it just went to it, when they started to figure out Marcus Carr. Then it was like, hey, make that one extra pass, and then you don't pass. Right, You know, when you see some right. teams make too many extra passes and they make that one too many extra pass. that was just, hey, man, just keep rolling it around. The defense is going to keep switching. And once it gets to Marcus Carr, stop it there and take the shot. Right. And they were moving the ball around enough to
1: make everybody excited. You still had some big games from other players as yeah. well. They all showed up. They all played well. But you know as well as I do, when a lot of those guys start seeing that and are, are being unselfish in that and watching the joy – of their teammate that is getting off like that. And the fact, too, that they were playing they were playing a team that they should have beat and they yeah. went out and handled their business, that's the other beautiful part about it. And I want to give kudos to Coach Terry and what he's been able to do with this team. It seems like they are playing at a high level with around, amongst each other. And one of the things that you and I have talked about numerous times was the fact that the ball seemed to stop. Well, the ball's not stopping anymore. They're getting assists. They're playing well. They're shooting over. They shot over 56% in the last two games, 56 this one, 58 in the game previous. I mean, they are playing complimentary basketball even when you have a guy getting hot like that.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that's the key is that you're playing, you know, you're playing good enough defense, but you're getting down the court fast. You're being able to get down and and find mismatches and get open shots. In these mismatches, when you play a small ball lineup, is you have to get mismatches where you're getting your bigs onto Littles and mm-hmm. you're making people start to switch so that you basically get a guard like a Tyrese Hunter or Marcus Carr on someone who just doesn't have the lateral movement to stay in front of them. Once you do that, then it means everything's going to collapse when they get past the guy. And once the defense collapses, that's when three-point shooting can thrive. And you have Tyrese Hunter who is – early in the season, was hitting everything he took. Now you get Arterio Morris, who's been hitting well. And if you add Marcus Carr into that, and if he's got his shot working, last year just seemed like it wasn't there 100%. This year it seems like it is. But that complimentary basketball is exactly what you want to say because the first half was all three-point shooting and all getting jump shots and kind of just going inside out. And then in the second half, they went outside in to where, okay, now we're going to start driving, everything's going to go to the ball, not back to the rim, Right. which means a big man can roll to the basket and get a wide-open layup or dunk. And that is what Dylan
1: Mitchell was able to do. Dylan, Mitchell, Dylan Mitchell, and Mitchell and Christian Bishop. And Christian Bishop were getting to the basket easily. When you start looking at what Chris, I mean, Dylan Mitchell, the freshman is starting to really understand what the game is about at this level because he is one of those, and i use this word, uber uber-athletic type of players, big man with a wingspan that can get to the rim at any moment, and they look for him when they get into the paint to be able to throw it up to him. He had a big-time game, 8 of 9 from the field and only 27 minutes, uh, 16 points. Arterio Morris, another good game. I think sometimes, and it's funny because I talked to a buddy of mine that was actually at the game last night too, and I kept saying, Arterio Morris looks like that guy that is not for – nonsense, because he the guy kind of shook him last night, and he jumped out of nowhere to block the ball yeah. off the glass, <laughs> and then he came back and was ready to go and try to dunk on somebody. Oh, yeah. And it was just one of those things you can see in his mind that I'm not backing down from anybody that's out there, but he also needs to understand what the score was, what the situation was, yeah, and that's why that guy grabbed him, and it almost turned into a bad situation, because...
0: They were expecting him to dribble the ball out, and he was looking to go tear the rim down. Yeah. No, and I, that's, he's a young guy, and he's shown maturity in ways that I wasn't expecting a young guy to because it's just not common for young guys to, like, especially one who's a really good scorer like he is, yep. to be as good of a facilitator. And what's kind of weird is he's a much better facilitator as the off guard. So when he's playing point, when they get to these late in the game lineups, and I get you're not getting a lot of time with that so you don't necessarily have the same rhythm or flow or comfort with those guys. But he's really been good at, hey, man, if that shot's not a wide-open shot, let me not take it. Let me find the better. Let me drive in. Let me try and create something that's not necessarily me creating for myself but me creating for other teammates. But then moving off the ball, setting screens, I've been really impressed with that. But he still does have that young side of him where he is going to be like – where he does get a little bit more into it. Yep. Uh, And you have to go, yeah, man. I get it, and you're not in the wrong, but at the same point, it's not worth fighting over right now. No, we got bigger fish
1: to fry. This was a game that you were expected to go out there and do that. Let's slow it down just a little bit and go back to the other part where we're getting ready to go into conference play. We're sitting at 11-1 and one now. We're going to Oklahoma, Norman, Oklahoma. This is going to be their first true road test. Where they're going to be challenged? I don't know how much they're going to be challenged, it's, but they're going to be first, challenged enough.
0: It's because it's, it's not even. It's, we won't even say first road, two road test. It's their first true road game. Yeah, like that's this true. is their first game in another team's arena. They've played a couple games uh, in neutral sites, yep. but they have not played anywhere at a at another person's gym. They're going to clearly your rival in Oklahoma, so it'll be a good uh, testing zone for them. They're also going. This is the first road trip they're doing with Rodney Terry. So that's another thing to see if you can get him going uh, to Oklahoma. I, I, there's a lot to you that you want to see, and you want to see them be able to come out and perform for 40 minutes in this game. Yep, yep. I, I think that's really a big key that we're going to be looking for is if this team can play for 40 minutes. But they've shown that they're able to come out of the locker room and maybe not have the fire right away and then still find it. That's the thing a lot of teams have problems with is if once a, once it starts going wrong, Flipping that switch back over yeah, again. Yeah. They showed that. And they did that last night where they came out and there would be little stretches where they wouldn't play so well and we able to just turn it around without even a timeout being called just go, hey man, let's just let's just settle down. Yeah. Let's settle down. We're turning the ball over. We're not playing the defense we need to play. Let's try and get, you know, we're we're all stepping up to try and block shots, but we're doing it. We're trying to take charges in it. Yep. Which means we're so far out of the zone a guy can go around us and lay the ball up. They're not coming at us, so we need to step back a little bit further in that zone and try and block these shots.
1: Yeah, and, and going to a Norman, Oklahoma, playing against this team, this is a team that is led by Porter Moser, who used to be the head coach at uh, Loyola with Sister Jean. With yep. Sister Jean taking them to the tournament, so you know they're going to play hard. They're going to be a defense that is going to uh, you know, they're going to be putting pressure on the basketball because they knows. They know exactly what's going to be going on as far as the offensive setup. This is going to be a big challenge. But we also look at the, the fact that the challenge is going to be the leadership of this basketball team, the University of Texas basketball team. You, like you said, first true road Game. Trip where you, game where you're going to be playing in another team's arena. Yeah. They're going to be hostile. I don't care if the the students are away. They're coming back in town for this game well, and against the University of Texas. Yeah,
0: and I mean, and you're talking about just so many distractions of I it mean, being on New Year's Eve. It's a day game. Yep. So early It's, day it's something too. where look, all these guys they're going to be back in town that night. Oh yeah. So they're thinking about their New Year's Eve plans. They're thinking yep. about which girl they're taking where. Yep. And that's you have to forget all of that and come and focus on a game against an Oklahoma team that's not great. So you may be able to go, "Oh, you know what? We're this conference play, we get around it." And you cannot do that and treat this the same as you were able to treat a Texan Commerce or some of these other teams where you're like, "Yeah, they're division 1 teams, but you you can handle them even if you don't play your best game." Right. And this is going to be uh, you know, for your veterans. This is Marcus Carr now. This is Timmy Allen. And, and those guys and Jabari Rice. If those veterans can step up and lead the way, I think that's where we're going to see where the other guys can kind of learn from that and come step in.
1: Yeah, it's it's going to be it's going to be something to see, and I'm excited to for this basketball team. I we mean, t-
0: and look at this this way: if you want to talk about veterans versus young guys, the Texas the Texas basketball team is seniors, freshmen, and one sophomore. Right? Tyrese Hunter is a sophomore. That is your only guy who is not a senior or a freshman on this team. <laughs> so you basically Variety, have guys who have don't. been there and done that over <laughs> and over again and know the routine. Or guys who really haven't. And so this is the first test for those guys to show the younger guys, hey, man, this is what we do on these road trips. This is how we go into these hostile areas. That's what this game is going to be a lot of. And this is how we stay focused when we're going to play on New Year's Eve on the day and we're all going home later to have fun.
1: But sometimes, and you know this too, Patrick, sometimes the young players – They don't care what it is. They just want to go out there and hoop. Oh, yeah. And so their mindset is, I don't care what's going on. I'm about to go out here and get this dude buckets,
0: and I'm going to make him frustrated. What we talked about with Tartario Morris, that's good in some (laughs) senses, and it's bad in some senses. Exactly. Because if you're getting in fights and you get ejected and you got to get suspended a game because you were – trying to dunk on somebody's head, I'll still laugh at Marcus Carr. So they they have the rule that you can't tap your head after somebody dunks on somebody. Right. And for whatever reason, Marcus Carr will not abide by this rule. <laughs> so if you ever watch him after a dunk, just look at Marcus Carr and watch him as how he tries to casually do it without getting called for a technical. And so one game he looked – as far away as he could look from everybody and slowly tapped himself on the (laughs) head. Last game, a Christian Bishop did it and he put both hands on his head just to hold his head. Yeah. But it's, it's hilarious to watch because he got a T on it earlier this season. That is true. Like, so why is it that they're trying to stop
1: people? Everybody knows it's a universal deal. Same thing. When you watch it in football, when somebody goes up and mosses somebody, they're all tapping their head. Like, I just got you like,
0: why is it so bad for them to understand it, it? It's one of those silly rules that I get. If you do it at somebody, yes. it is a technical foul. If you're not doing it at anybody, it's not. If Second you're doing room, it toward your bench, why yeah. wouldn't you want to do that? No, yeah. I, I get that. It's a dumb rule. It's one of those things where they're like, it's college and it needs to be, you know, it needs to be classier. But you're like, man, let them let them have fun. I, I have always hated it, but it is what the rule is what it is. So you know that, and so you have to be careful with it. I, I agree. It's a, you remember the Mutombo? Yep, yep, He had the finger, and they told him you cannot do it at someone's face because you're going to start a fight, and I get that. Look, if you do that, these other guys got pride too, and when you, when you didn't even do the dunk, and then yes. you're laughing in someone's face, yeah. they might come at you. So I get that, so you don't want to do it. But if you just turn to the fans, no one's going to punch you for that, for going right, to the fans. Right. Then you're just like, nah, he got me. Right. But if you do it at their face, it's different. I get that. But yeah, I, it's it. Watching Marcus Carr, he no one else on the team really does it anymore, <laughs> right? But Marcus cannot resist. He, well, he's waiting for that moment because he wants to do it <laughs> because he loves cheering for his teammates. He does, you know I what, what i Look, and I saw him, and he's playing a great game, and he's on the bench, and he's going nuts for his teammates having big plays, right. And stand up and cheer on the bench. So he's. He's doing everything he needs to be to be a great teammate.
1: And that's the thing that I'm continuing to look at is this team continues to grow and mature with each other. We talked about the transfers. Tyrese Hunter not playing his best basketball at this time, still out there hustling, doing the other things that help you be a major part of the success that the team is having. But the more that I look at this team and the more I look forward to the season, as you look at the entire Big twelve, you 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 get to see there's this is gonna be a tough road for this team and they're gonna have to be prepared. And that's why you continue to look at what Rodney Terry's been able to do, keeping this guy these guys engaged and continuing to push each other to be better. That is what I've loved the best.
0: Yeah, I mean that's I think Rodney Terry's done a great job to be able to keep this team focused and and really opening up this offense to a different way that the defense there's still some holes and some things they're going to have to fix like there's still issues with you know post players and getting blocks and and getting guys attacking the rim mm-hmm. that's something they're going to have to continue to work on but i feel this offense is hitting a different height of different little just strategies we talked earlier about uh following the shooter and following the ball and going to a spot where the ball just left Little tricks like that and little things like that to continue to open up your offense a little bit more and just pushing the ball. Those are things Rodney Terry has been really big on that is helping this offense open up to where if you can play defense like they can play it and then you add in a great offense, there's, there's really sky's the limit for this team.
1: Yeah, it's unbelievable push by this team right now. And I know people are saying, well, these teams aren't the same. You're right. And as the season goes on, records are going to change. Situations are going to change. Players are going to get injured. Some players are not going to be part of the team. There's going to be a lot going on. But that's the beautiful thing about basketball in the way that it breaks down. This is going to be a fun Big 12 season, especially with all the turmoil that's going on around this team. They seem to be blocking it out and continuing to move on. As we continue to move on, we're going to talk a lot about this football game uh, tomorrow night, and we're going to bring it all up. You're going to hear it all starting with B&E tomorrow morning, uh, with uh, Craigway, light the tower, with Craigway and Jeff, and then, of course, with Chad and Zay, and then the Ball Don't Lie crew will be at Lavaca Street, Rock Rose, in the domain, north side. We'll be there from 3 to 7 o'clock leading you up to the pregame with Craig Way and Roger Wallace and, of course, our man Will Matthews. But when you're looking at this football game, Patrick, and, and we've had time to break it down, and when Rod comes back, we'll have uh, even more of hey man, this we're conversation. We're going to have three hours
0: doing that tomorrow. With exactly. Rock Rose, uh, Rock Street, Rock Rose.
1: No doubt, no doubt. So when you sit here and you're looking at this team, I want you to let me know who do you feel – has the
0: most to gain from this game on the Texas side. I mean, uh, I, if we want to talk about who has the most game, just simply in this game, it's got to be. I think that's when you're looking at Anthony Cook and Keandre Coburn and some of these defensive players that clearly have the ability to play at the next level, but are just right on that edge. And if they can get some more tape and maybe make a play on something on a game where they're the you know the national spotlight that night, and maybe some. Some scout really likes them, and even if they don't get drafted, wants to make sure they sign him immediately as an undrafted free agent. Those are the type of guys that I think it really is going to help out the most. Yep. Uh, but then on the flip side, you really want to see how much Quinn Ewer progressed during this. You want to see how Jay Wick can play in this game. Mm-hmm. You, I mean – you want to have Jalen Ford and Xavier Worthy have good games, have fun, and say afterwards in the post game that they're coming back next season. Right. <laughs> right. But I, which they laughed about in the the press conference when Jalen Ford they asked him if he was coming back, and he said no. And PK said, not the answer I wanted to hear. <laughs> right. he, he didn't say he wasn't coming back. He said, I'm focusing I'm on the focusing game and I will make that yeah. decision later. And PK said, Not the answer I wanted to hear. Right. And that's the that's some of the things
1: too. So you have those thoughts, but you also are looking at some players like Alfred Collins. Is Alfred Collins ready to to ascend and say, This is my position. I'm going to be the guy that's going to take over next yeah. year because he's that athletic. Oh, yeah. And I mean,
0: if you look at this O line, that's with what I was about to say. Such a young yeah. O line that played so well for so much of the season. If those guys can come in and dominate and I mean, basically take and that it goes hand in hand with the the running back room. Yep. If you see Jaden Blue and Jonathan Brooks come in. Because we think Keelan Robinson, look, he's going to do what he does, mm-hmm. and he's probably going to have big, explosive plays in this game. But you're really looking at Jaden Blue and Jonathan Brooks to be more of your bell cow backs and guys to take you know more more extensive carries in the next year. So if those guys in that O-line can dictate what they're going to do, I get it's a Pac-10 team, so you can't say it's a one-for-one comparison for what you'll play next year. But still, man, if you can go dominate a game like that and then open up where they got to come in and then Quinn Ewers can throw it over the top, that you just want to see the thing that can make you go okay this is what we're looking forward to next year we know we can do it yep. all the pieces are there let's just keep it rolling well one of the other one of the other players that I want to look at
1: and see take that next step is Quinn Yours I'm ready for Quinn Yours to to show up and ascend and we talked about it with Anwar Richardson one of the things we were saying is if you're able to to rise with the passing game, and we start to see what we thought we were going to see all year. And I know yesterday I was talking about it. He didn't have a bad year, but he didn't have a great year to what we were expecting. We were expecting a little bit more because we got teased. We got teased with the Alabama game, and everybody was excited about it. It was like, oh, man, if we if would we, if have been able to play that game, we would have beat them. And who's to say that? Who's to say that? Because yeah. we've seen some other things that happen, and one of the things that I think is going to help him this week, there's not going to be that shell three high safety look. Yeah, they they run a totally different defense.
0: No, and this is you're also seeing a defense that is you're not like the Big Twelve is notorious for flipping defensive schemes yep. and trying to do all this clever stuff. Pac-10 is not known for that, and I think it's pretty clear that you know they're they're you know what they're going to bring out. Now you know they're going to show different blitzes and. And you know maybe hide his safety every once in a while, and you got to be careful of that. But yeah, this is it should be a much easier defense for Quinn to pick apart. But and then uh, let's look at J T. Sanders. Uh, yep. J T. Sanders, a young guy that if man, if you can go in him, he can have you know a two hundred yard, a hundred fifty yard game or something like that, where he just dominates catching those passes over the middle and just dominates. That's another guy that you can look forward to going in the next season, right?
1: Right, and that's why you want to make sure that this team on the offensive side is taking another big step where we can look forward to it because we were talking earlier about Michael Penix Jr. and his offensive weapons that he has. Texas has all their offensive weapons. Well, not their running weapons, but, yeah, but they, they still have got, their wide receiver they weapons. They still got x And they man, got their starting quarterback. They still quarterback. got
0: Jay Witt. They still got Jatavion yes. Sanders. Like They still got a lot of weapons.
1: Yeah, so there should be something. And I like this Texter's. Steve Sarkeesian has the most to gain because he needs to show that he can do it without the running game. And one of the things that Rod, not Rod, but uh, Anwar was talking about, and I agree with him wholeheartedly. And Rod's talked about this a lot, too. and I think we all have where he's such a big game hunter, hunter, where he wants that big play and he wants to make it like stretch the field. Ah, I don't know if I want to do that. I think I want to hold tight and be able to move the ball down the field because if you get the running game to do what it's capable of doing, that will keep Michael Penix Jr. off to the sideline and and make it easier for your defense to get rest and be able to play series to series. We've seen it. We know about the script. We're going to talk about the script tomorrow. How is he going to script this? But we also saw a few years ago in this bowl game, that's where – Casey Thompson went berserk in this game. He went absolutely berserk against a Pac-12 team that a lot of people thought were okay. I don't think Colorado was great because that defense was ridiculous. And he put up big numbers in that game. But there's an opportunity for a very, very high-scoring Alamo Bowl once again. Exactly. And that's why I'm so excited about this. When we come back, I want to talk a little bit about Russell Wilson, and I want to get your thoughts on this. And there was a news that came out. Our man Shannon Sharp, who's still close with the uh, Denver Broncos, he tweeted something out, and I'm still trying to figure this whole thing out about my man Russell Wilson. The more the stories come out, the more I'm having problems with them. We'll continue in our last segment coming up on Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. Yeah, doing this Listen. your revolution will not be televised or-
0: I'm the I'm I start
1: right I Welcome back to uh, midweek movie theme of uh, Ball Don't Lie edition. It's your boy Hardball Hards, My man Patrick Davis doing a great job. It is Denzel Washington's birthday, and the movie theme is uh, Hurricane. Man, you didn't even did you play that the the actual Hurricane song song? Early, right? That's how the name came out. So the hurricane, there's a Bob Dylan version, and then the version
0: we played. That's <clears throat> the, the, the one I was thinking of, the Bob Dylan version. The Bob Dylan version was the one at the 4 o'clock hour. The yep. 6 o'clock hour was the version with all the, that's what I with all the rappers. Okay. Yeah. That,
1: oh, that's where the rappers threw me off.
0: So that was a second hurricane version okay. of the hurricane there.
1: Yeah. I, I, I did really like that song, the hurricane. I like that a lot. Well, somebody that's not getting a lot of love right now is my man Russell Wilson. Now, we've been having these conversations about the quarterbacks, and we'll continue this at a later date because there is going to be a lot of guys that continue to move around, right? So it's going to be really tough to figure out what's going on uh, as the quarterback carousel continues to turn. But one person who has got a five-year, $243 million mega deal, which is in the first year of that, by the way, is one Russell Wilson. The other day, his co- his coach, his best friend, his confidant, Nathaniel Hackett, was fired. And if you ever saw those guys together, you would truly understand that I'm really not being sarcastic. <laughs> they seemed like they had spent a little bit too much time together. They were finishing each other's jokes like they might have had a relationship. Wait, before. do either one of them tell jokes? Uh, to each other. They're the only
0: ones who laugh at their own jokes. Yeah, okay. Those are those guys. But they're like twins who got a secret language. Exactly. (laughs) And we also heard the story before of where
1: Russell Wilson was calling his own audibles like he was still in Seattle. And nobody on the team really knew last week. We saw the quarterback uh, get yelled at a couple of weeks ago. We saw him get yelled at. But then this past weekend, none of the guys helped him up. He was getting crushed. No lineman was going over there. Dalton riser got into an argument with Brett Rippon, the backup quarterback, and they almost came to blows on the sideline. And that's when all of a sudden they make this change. But they should have made a change earlier because there has been reports that Russell Wilson has his own private office at the Broncos complex and he had parking spaces that he had taken away from other people. So he had his own private area, and we had also heard from other players that he became to the point that he was making people set up meetings through his publicist and his agent before they could come and talk to him, which is why people in Seattle got kind of fed up with him, and it seems to me that the people in Denver are now looking at him kind of sideways. And my question is, when these guys fall from grace, because my son is really having a hard time with this. He is a Russell Wilson fan, though. He's a huge Russell Wilson fan. And even he is getting to the point where he's wondering what is truly going on with him. As a matter of fact, he got a Russell Wilson jersey this year with the Broncos, and he was still sweet. He was very nice about it. Thank you. But I know he's like, I don't know how I'm gonna wear this. People are gonna people are gonna make fun of me because of this Russell Wilson situation. Shannon Sharp is very connected still with the Denver Broncos, and he said that players are seething over his attitude in the way that he has all of these. He has this private office next to the coaching staff, so he's pretty much alienated his entire team. Yeah. How do you, as the quarterback, I could see you doing this in baseball. Barry Bonds, his locker have multiple lockers, but he's just going up there. He's gonna hit you. This is a sport where you need everybody to be in your corner. How has he gone from this to where we thought he was the you know one of the nicest guys out there to now people making fun of him? People are looking at him crazy. I saw um, Travis Kelsey even had a statement the other day and was like this dude just seems so fake. Yeah. I'm just curious to how do you fall from grace that fast?
0: Well, I mean, I think a lot of it goes into you know, where he came from of the he came in as a rookie with Seattle. So Seattle basically was able to bring him in and adjust to him as he adjusted to the league. And they learn. Okay, he has some things about him that are a little bit different. May rub people the wrong way. So why don't we bridge those gaps? Why don't we fix those things? And we know what we're dealing with here. So we'll we'll make all this easier for him, which makes it easier for us because we know what he can do with the with his arm talent, with his ability to play the game of football. Well, now he walks into another building, not realizing what they were doing for him. Right. He didn't walk out going oh, man, I got a lot of help in Seattle. Right. Like, whenever whenever I would call, whenever someone would try and get a meeting with me and I'd send him to my publicist, and then Pete Carroll or one of the other coaches would go over and calm the other guy down and go, hey, man, it's cool. Look, he's already in the corner. Go talk to him now. Go talk right. to him. You just can't. like. I, he's just weird about people calling him off hours. But you can go talk to him right now, and then they go talk to him and everything's fine, right? It's just so crazy. But when you go to Denver now, and Denver doesn't know that these are problems because Seattle ain't telling anybody. Right. And – they were. They Russell were Wilson doesn't run know their out. problems. Yeah. Russell Wilson doesn't know their problems. And you then throw in a first year coach in Nathaniel Hackett, who had to deal with a different kind of type of crazy as Aaron Jones Aaron Rodgers. Yep. But Aaron Rodgers is, hey man, I'll talk I'll be calling you. I hey, you better pick up your phone when I call you and chew you out for a suit drop. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, he ain't the one who's avoiding people, and he's not Aaron Rodgers is pretentious, but I don't think he's fake. He will tell you what's on his mind. Right. Russell Wilson seems the opposite. Yeah, he's not gonna just come out and just give it. You're all like, man, to I don't know you. what you're thinking right now, but yeah. it's hard for us to be on the same page. So I think that you know he just basically got thrown into something. I, I know I've had before where I worked really hard at a job, I went and got another job, and I walked in with the wrong attitude. I walked in like, hey, man, all the dues I've paid, I don't want to pay him again. Correct. And it was not the right attitude because I walked in and with and was working with big wigs. That had paid more dues than I'd ever had. Right, and when I tried to you know, push, you didn't trend, read the
1: room properly. Yeah, and you did no. that,
0: and I luckily, I, you know, I, I was able to change my ways fast enough, and and I still have friends from that. But I think with Russell Wilson, he walked in and was like, "I need my office, I need my parking space." Like, yep. no, you earn those in Seattle. They don't. They don't transfer. Yep. Like you're coming to the new team. That money, that contract you're getting, you get that. If you want to write in your contract, you get an officer. That's what, but you need to walk in and go, hey, day one, let me earn the respect of my team. And then when I do that, they'll be happy to give me my parking spaces because we're winning. Exactly. And he went backwards of, no, show me my respect. I already did it. And you're like, nah, man. It don't work that – because – you, wins solve everything. We ain't winning. If we exactly. were winning this year.
1: Exactly, be something totally different. You are 100% correct. And his performance is leading to the reason why they're not winning, and that makes it worse. If you're the quarterback and you're, you're doing everything you can, you putting up your numbers the way that you were, and now – your team was losing, they would still be able to work with you.
0: And you're so sensitive that yep. your coach can't even say anything. Right. Your coach can't get after you and, and try and fix anything. That's because they're you're, best friends. Yeah, but you're too sensitive <laughs> they're best to, friends. to be able to have someone go at him. Now, I will say this is interesting. I mean, Nathaniel Hackett's free on the market. Right. The Green Bay Packers are making a playoff push. You think they might go back and get him? I don't know if they might make a phone call. Yeah, they might hey, make man, a call. Hey, man, you want to come in and be a – be an associate with uh, us, uh, maybe. An assistant, uh,
1: uh, an analyst. An analyst close? with yeah. us and
0: come in and, you know, maybe maybe look at what we're doing with Aaron Rodgers since, you know, you won two MVPs with him as your offensive coordinator and play caller. Ding, ding. Maybe, maybe you come over here and. Help us out just a little bit. Help us out a little bit and maybe see if we can get a little bit more magic and make a playoff run.
1: Yeah, no doubt. I sat here and found the uh, quote that I, I was talking about with Travis Kelsey. He said, I got a chance to meet Russ before the game. Nice enough guy, but there was an ever-present stepdad who tries too hard. <laughs> he cringe that uh, the cringe that permeates in the air when you're around him. He asked me if I thought people uh, who watch Harry Potter were going to go to hell. Well, I laughed and I told him, I don't know. He, and, I, and then he asked me who my favorite Harry Potter character was. And I replied Hagrid or Hagrid. What is, how, what, do you know, do you know anything about Harry Potter? I think it's Hagrid. But yeah. No, I do not know much about Harry Potter. Hagrid. And then he told me that he would be praying for me. He had a lot of nervous energy like the theater kid recording a TikTok movie monologue. His voice kept shifting accents when we talked like a computer and I was trying to sync it up with my voice. I don't know. Seemed like a dude who was trying to hang out with Patrick's brother. Talking about Patrick Mahomes, brother (laughs) Jackson. He said not that there's anything wrong with that. That's what Travis Kelsey said about his uh, interaction with him. I just wonder... I just wonder what is going to happen next with him. That is the main thing. Is he going Are to be able right? to to mend these fences with the next co- head coach that comes in? Are they going to be able to mesh? Because yeah. I think he's got to lay the law down for him. People keep talking about Sean Payton going there. I don't see any chance. I think Sean Payton maybe go back to New Orleans because he's still on contract. He's got he, one no, more year. Sean,
0: There's no chance in Harry Potter hell that Sean Payton <laughs> is going to Denver.
1: <laughs> That's why I said he may go back home. We're going to let you know what's on tap when we get back right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn. Papa Tom again. You mind
0: if I have some of your tasty beverage to wash? This oh, yeah. You know, I've been known to
1: drink a beer or two think like a man working outdoors feels more like a man if you can have a bottle of suds. It's only my opinion, sir. I got beer. I got bottled breast milk. Eh, why don't we start with the beer? Okay. It's 5 o'clock somewhere. Wait, it's already 5 o'clock here. It's time for What's On Tap. How about a nice cool drink?
0: That oh, really man, good. That good. That That's really good.
1: That's good. That's right. Tomorrow at this time, we will have kickoff. Football will be getting ready at 8 o'clock. We will uh, have football. Texas Longhorns will be taking on the Washington Huskies yes. in the Valero Alamo Bowl. And we will be at Lavaca Street, Rock Rose, starting at 3 o'clock for, a, like my man Rob Baber says, a truncated uh, ball. Very lot. truncated. Very truncated from 3 to 4. And then we will jump right into our pregame where we will break it all down and have you ready for the kickoff. If y'all wanna come and hang out with us, please do. We're gonna have a lot of fun. My man Patrick Davis will be on the scene with us tomorrow, enjoying ourselves. And our man Aaron Hogan will be checking in with us while he's in San Antonio preparing for the Alamo Bowl.
0: Patrick, what you got going on tonight? Man, I think I'm gonna go check out some Mac Brown happening in North Carolina playing in their bowl game. That's tonight.
1: right. North Carolina's playing Oregon. And of course, Texas Tech will be playing Ole Miss in the Texas Bowl. We could have been there, Patrick, but instead we're at the Alamo Bowl. And just remember this, don't believe everything that you see because even salt looks like sugar. Peace!